0: How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? And boom goes the dynamite. I don't know what we're yelling about! I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Episode 20 of the Idaho Sports PrepCast presented by Project Filter alongside Paul Kingsbury. My name's Sven Elskog and we just got word that Paul's daughter Greta, her you, is not having a baby right now. So that's why we're able to record this here on Tuesday afternoon. I'm going to put it together and talk about all 66 of the games, all 48 of the teams. There is so much going on here in the 2019 Boys Real Dairy Shootout coming up this
1: week. We are looking forward to it. No, absolutely. You and I could probably spend four hours on this prep cast talking about it, but we better not because even though she's not in labor now, (laughs) you never know. It could be happening about an hour from now.
0: Well, you know how it works. It's just the worst possible time is when it's going to happen. It'll happen Thursday morning or Wednesday night, and you will be out of commission for that time period. Uh, At that point, that thing's on its own. Sorry. On its own, you're yes. just going to leave Survived it out there. Survival of the fittest at that point, yes. Well, Paul's wife does a pretty good job with these things. For those that have listened to the prep cast, they, they understand the importance of Paul's wife in this relationship. And uh, She's a sheep midwife, basically, at this point, yeah. Fortunately, she's here for him through uh, his time of need Here <laughs> is. We're going to start and talk about the 5A classification held at the Ford Idaho Center. All 66 games of the Boys' Real Dairy Shootout will be broadcast with live and free audio on IdahoSports.com. Myself, Sven Elskog, and Glenn Jones are going to be the broadcasters at the 5A ranks. The games get started at 1:15 on Thursday as Rocky Mountain, the second representative out of the third district, 21-3 on the season, 17-1 out of the 5A SIC, takes on seed 1-2A, the champions out of district 1 and 2 post falls, 17-6 on the season and 6-0 within their league. And uh, this is a really interesting matchup for me. And a lot of it has to do with the length that Post Falls has on the guard line. I think
1: if any team can actually match up with that length, It seems like it would be Post Falls. You know, and Post Falls was that team from the north where in that IEL, no one was really sure if they were going to come back as strong as they've been in the past, and and here they are at the end of the season. You know, the the best team coming out of North Idaho coming into play, arguably the best team in the state in Rocky Mountain. You know, even though Rocky Mountain came out of Bora with a loss, I think they're still a strong team. They have a, a very strong chance of working their way all the way to that championship game. Again, Post Falls is going to be a really good test for them right at the beginning of the tournament coming in.
0: Yeah, and you look at the Rocky Mountain Grizzlies. This is a team that's looking for the first three-peat since the 1970s in the 5A classification. Dane Roy in his eighth season has done a great job there. They're led by Briggs-Ranstrom, over 13 points a game, four and a half rebounds. Cooper Frith, 43% from the three-point line this year. And Townsend Triple averages nine points a game and four and a half rebounds. So there's a lot of different guys to watch out for, Brayton Hamilton, Jaden Hansen, other starters. On the other side of the floor, it's the Colby Jeanette Show. He is the lone returner from last year mm-hmm. for Post Falls, team that won 19 games last year. They're right back to state. And that's a real credit to the coaching job of Mike McClain. In his 12th year, they've
1: qualified 10 different times they lost everybody from last year, other than Jeanette, and here they are again, you know and and that really is a credit to the the coach, not just the coach but his staff and his program because there at post falls they have to have a program coming up from youth sports all the way up into high school in order to, uh, to to reload, so to speak, like they have. You're right, coming in, and, and Jeanette is the one kid coming back, and, and he did what he needed to do. He comes in, almost 20 points a game. You know, a double-double is what he is. You know, he put the team on his back and said, let's go, but he has a lot of help, which is what you have to have. So guys coming in and filling shoes after a big graduation year is always something that a head coach hopes for, rarely gets, but in this case, head coach uh, Mike McClain really got it. Three starters for post falls are six foot four or taller. The
0: second leading scorer is Alex Horning with ten and a half per game. Gavin DeJarlais is a all-state representative. He'll be playing in the game at North Idaho College on the 2030. He averages eight and a half per game. So they got a lot of different options due to Post Falls Trojans. The next game at three o'clock in the 5-A ranks is 3C Eagle, eleven and ten on the season, nine and nine. Within the conference against the Madison Bobcats, seed five six A, the district champions out of eastern Idaho, twenty-three and three and 6-0 and within their conference. This game features some high-scoring players, as the Eagle Mustangs' Tanner Hayhurst, 17.5 points a game, the leading scorer in the 5A SIC. And on the other end of the floor, Spencer Hathaway, just over 14 points per game this year for the Madison Bobcats.
1: That's an exciting matchup to look for in this 3 o'clock game. Oh, it is. And when you get to, to the 5As, you get to the Idaho Center, and, and you get the teams that have those 1 or 2 versus those 1 or 2, they're fun. I mean, there's guys you can key on to watch, and watching those two guys square off against each other, you know, I'm not going to be at the Idaho Center. You are, you're lucky dog. I'm going to be at 2A, but, uh, but those are going to be fun games to watch for you.
0: And how about the job that Travis Schwab has done there at Madison? Mm-hmm. 43-7 and over the last two years, taking over for, you know, Bill Hawkins, who yeah. won
1: five state titles. They haven't really seemed to miss much of a beat. You know, and and the, whoever it was going to be to take over for Bill Hawkins had a huge spotlight. And and in this case, it was Travis Schwab. but Whoever got it, everyone was – I mean, I was almost feeling sorry for the guy before he even got the job before I knew who it was because those shoes were so big. There's so much tradition, and it's all Bill Hawkins, and he comes in. What does he do? He keeps winning. He keeps winning. He keeps winning, and he's a heck of a guy to boot, a really nice guy on top of it all. So he steps in, takes over on a winning program, and continues the winning ways – you know he could be there for another 20 years. Jordan Porter and Jaden Schwab a couple of the other backcourt guys Mason McWhorter
0: and Kyle Jackson provide some length out there for the Madison Bobcats who are going to see some length on the other side of the floor six foot 10 inch senior center Austin Hayhurst yep. for the Eagle Mustang six and a half points a game just over four rebounds you don't see that kind of length very often here in the state of
1: Idaho. Yeah and, and Hayhurst he's a big kid. And not just tall. He he's built well too. He's 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 a strong kid down below. He can kind of impose his will, so to speak. Um, I, I've watched him play a couple of times this year, and he's fun to watch. He's he's got a nice soft touch. He he gets his way around the basket. So he's going to be a, a pretty tough matchup for him.
0: The other starters for Eagle are Drew LaJoyce, a swingman, shooting guard Connor Cooper, and Bridger Marbo, who's actually headed to the College of Idaho to play football. Eagle is coached. By former Eastern Oregon University basketball player Jeff Randstrom. Third game of the day is a rivalry game in the 5A 615. Yeah. It is 3E Capital 11 and 16, 6 and 12 in the 5A SIC against the district champion, the Bora Lions. 21 and 3, 16 and 2. Bora won the two regular season matchups here, but don't forget. One of those games was actually pretty close. I think it was 61-55, the final score in that one. So Capital's shown they can keep it close. But this is a real tall order for the Eagles right out of the shoots. But
1: you never know when you get rivals on the floor playing for the third time in a season. You know, you get five teams coming out of one conference on an eight-team bracket, and, and it's great that you're seeing only one, of, one game against each other in that first round. But Capital, they're that team who who kind of came out of nowhere almost, you know, I went and did a, a capital game and people were asking, you know, why are you here? And, you know, it was against Eagle and Eagle had, had and played them very well the time before. And, uh, and so I get there and they ended up winning and, uh, and, and they've done very well since and they've kept that winning going. And here they on here, they are in the state tournament and it's exciting for a program to do that where in the beginning of the season, you kind of look and go, well, let's rebuild for next year. And then all of a sudden you're in the state tournament with a shot to go to the right side of the bracket. Eagle won that first game against Capital by 30 or 40 points. Yeah. I don't
0: remember the exact that, score off I'll the top you of my yeah. I don't remember it off the top of my head exactly, but it was a, a blowout. And you look at Bora. This is a team coming off their 15th. Well, they're entering now their 15th state tournament in the last 17 years. A 69-61 win over Rocky Mountain in the district title game. This is a team that shoots as well as anybody,
1: Paul. Oh, they do, and they're well coached. You know, uh, head coach Jeremy Dennis. The guy knows what he's doing. You know, he's another guy that took over um, for a storied program, and he's just kept it going. And he's got great athletes coming through, and 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 they're all around athletes. You know, Magnuson plays football, Bolt plays football. All these kids coming through that are just all around great athletes. And when you have when you have that kind of repertoire on on your roster, that just makes a coach smile ear to ear.
0: And Ellis Magnuson, he had the 31 points in that district championship, and Austin Bolt averages a double-double for the season. Everybody knows who they are, but there's so many other players on this roster that can step up. Biggie Bergeson, Kyler Castro, and Devon Williams are all standouts, but the guy that I would like people to pay attention to here at the state tournament is Isaac Dewberry. He comes off the bench,
1: and he's got that quick-burst ability for the Lions. You know, there's guys that come off the bench that there's always that six-man award that we award at the end of the state tournament, and for every classification, when We draw all all, all tournament teams, and he's definitely one that I think has been penciled in for yours.
0: Yeah, and for the Capitol Eagles, they have an interesting player on their roster as well, but it's a starter. It's Andre Treadwell. As he actually transferred in from California, he's now their leading scorer, 12.5 points a game. What a welcome addition Andre Treadwell has been for head coach Scott Moore as he brings this
1: team to the state tournament for the first time since 2016. Yeah, you don't often welcome got people coming in from california but i think capital fans are looking at the tread- treadwell going hey thanks for coming in from california treadwell's helped out by cade Sorensen, 12 points per
0: game and kobe niehoff eleven and a half points per game they're the leading scorers for this team they have a lot of high effort guys off the bench and we talk about this in the primer but jonah blackham ryan hibbs aiden fox and caden johnson you look at the stats and nothing's gonna blow off the page at you but these guys do work hard down on the inside, mostly getting some rebounds. Uh, especially Hibbs and Blackham, as you look at them. I believe, if I remember right, when I was looking at Blackham, he had more rebounds per game than points per game. And I think Hibbs was the same
1: too. Uh, something you don't see very often. That's a couple of Dennis Rodmans down there. You know, they don't care about scoring. You know, scoring is it's the sexy part of the game. You get down into the trenches and you get rebounds, and that's where you do the dirty work. And You can't, you know, your team can't score if you don't have the ball. So the guys in there getting those rebounds, they do so much for a team that maybe they don't get the headlines in the newspaper the next day or on the prep cast the next week. But the guys down there doing the rebounds, you know, getting the turnovers, those are what makes a team win. It's a tough task for Capital in the
0: first round having to play against Bora, but we are looking forward to seeing what they're able to do in that one. The final game of the day in the 5A's is 3D Mountain View, 11-13 and 13 on the season, 7-11 and 11 out of the 5A SIC, taking on Rigby, the second representative out of Eastern Idaho, 19-6, and 6, and 4-2 and 2 within their conference. Rigby is coached by Justin Jones. He's won three state championships. As the Jones brothers and father, uh, all they do is go out there and win championships.
1: So Rigby, a team that you can't sleep on here this season. You never can sleep on them. And, and coming in, you know, Mountain View, I think that's a very deceptive 11-3, and 7-11 and 11 record that they have. They're a very, very good basketball team who lost a lot of close games, couldn't quite get things to gel together in, in a few spots during the season. But it doesn't matter what you did during the season. Once you get on the bracket, that's when you have to be playing your best basketball. And Rigby, 19-6, and 4-2, and 2, number two seed coming out of a very tough conference over there you can't sleep on them so that that, that game I don't think it's going to be an easy one for Rigby it's not going to be um, a sure fire win for anybody I think it's going to be a dogfight there in that win or in that in that game
0: yeah and you look at these two teams combined between the coaches who've been there for 23 combined seasons over 250 wins between the pair pretty impressive as you mentioned Michael Ozama for the Mountain View Mavericks. So 11.5 points per yeah. game this year, about six rebounds. He's a good shooter as well and, and a good story behind him as he came here from the Houston area after going through Hurricane Harvey and he's living with his aunt and uncle. And uh, they're glad to have him at Mountain View. as yeah. Him combined with Austin Smart and Kyler Tiroshima is some of
1: the better three-point shooting you'll find in the 5A ranks. Yeah, and, and with Dallin Perrin as a point guard dishing the ball to him, you know, absolutely, Ozama was a great addition that, you know, a coach can, you know, if you're building a program, you can see what's coming up in the the JV ranks. You can kind of see what's coming up through the the junior high and middle school. When you just get a transfer coming in that has an immediate impact, that's that's just a present. That's just Santa Claus saying, hey, Coach Nettleton, here you go. Here's a great player. Mountain View is making its fourth consecutive trip to the state tournament and
0: has not won, however, since February 28th of 2013. That is an eight-game losing streak, so they'll try and snap that here this season. They've got a tough task in the first round. Rigby's hot. They uh, Well, they started the season hot. And they're, right. they're, you look at their losses. This is an interesting team. Their only losses, aside from the four to Madison, have come against Preston and Idaho Falls. So they've lost to some really good teams that are all in the state tournament this year. And you look at the Rigby roster, and you see a lot of familiar faces that have been around for a while as these kids got a lot of experience on a one-win team from a couple of years ago and a, a team that won six games last year. And now suddenly you look at it and you see Keegan Thompson, Britton Barrett, and Tanoa Togiai, the juniors, out there with Wyatt Taylor and Tag O'Lavison, the seniors. And suddenly these guys are right in the mix for a state championship this season. And to me, they came completely out of the, the blue. But I know a lot of people were high on them at the beginning of the season. Right. And they did come out early in the year, and they beat Rocky Mountain in the Preston tournament. And that's kind of when you said, you know what? These guys might be for real this
1: year. You know, any Any game that comes down to free throws – For Rigby, they're going to win. Let me tell you why. Head coach Justin Jones, he played for Malad back in the early 90s. He still has the individual record for most free throws in a game back in 1992, that 16, and most free throws in a tournament, 37. So the guy can shoot free throws. If you can shoot free throws like that, you're going to coach free throws. I haven't seen their stats. You might have those stats uh, for the tournament. I'm going to guess they're a pretty high free throw shooting percentage team. I'm going to guess you're pretty right on that. I don't have the stats in front of me right
0: now for the Rigby Trojans, but I- I'm sure Paul's right. He's got that personal experience as uh, go Grims, right? Absolutely. Go Grims, 1993. 1993 state <laughs> champion Paul Kingsbury <laughs> is the co-host here on the Idaho Sports Prepcast presented by Project Filter. I'm Sven Elskog. Glad you could join us today as we've walked right through the four games on day one of the 2019 5A Real Dairy Shootout. We'll now take a look at the 4A classification, which will be held at Bora High School Audio Broadcast on IdahoSports.com. It's Scott Burton and Mike Savage on the call, and it starts out with a good one at 115. This might be the best game of the 115 session on Thursday afternoon it's 4-5 C century 20 and 5 on the year 12 and 2 out of the conference against 3A Columbia 18 and 6 and 11 and 5 in the conference Columbia is making their first ever trip to the state tournament obviously their first district title as well and they did it with some heroics from Jake Poulton a three-pointer at the buzzer in overtime 67 to 64 gave him the victory over the Valley View Falcons. This is a team that was 0-22 during Poulton's freshman year, and Tennyson Triple takes over on the sidelines, and they get all of this talent
1: all at once. Mm -hmm. And what a story they are. You know, Coach Triple, just a good guy. Good guy um, there on the sideline. Assistant Coach Pugmire, another good guy. Um, And and just think, if if you're Poulton, your first year, you go 0-22, do you kind of look around and go, hey, can we move? You know, "Can, can we go to Skyview? Can we go somewhere else? He stuck it out. And he stayed playing at Columbia, and look at him. You know, they come in the number one seed coming out of the, a tough four A S I C, eighteen and six, and now they're heading into state tournament with people going, yeah, they 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 could win it, and they got some long and athletic guys as well. Jalen Alexander,
0: he's just a yeah. sophomore, and he's averaging the mm-hmm. eleven points a game this year, and he's joined by Trip Pugmire, who's a double double threat, like you were alluding to earlier with some of the other guys we've discussed. But you combine those three. And it's hard to find a trio that's
1: that talented in the state, and that's why Columbia is going to have a shot in most games they play in. And they can step up. I was at the Columbia-Middleton game somewhere in the mid-part of the season. Jake Poulton wasn't playing that game, and so Jalen Alexander stepped up huge. Huge. Had a great game. Ended up being our player of the game for that game. So it's not just a one-man team, and, and you've got a couple of sidekicks that can chip in. Anybody on that team can pick up and score if someone's having an off night, and that's a dangerous team to play. On the other side of the floor, it's the Century Diamondbacks, who come out of
0: what I think most people would uh, say unanimously is the toughest conference in the state of Idaho this year across any classification. That's the Great Basin 10 Conference. Uh, They had to get in by defeating a rival, Pocatello, 43-42, and another great game in that one is Deshaun Harwell, 17 points, to lead the way, and most impressive for me was what they did on the defensive side of the floor. This is from the Idaho State Journal. They held Pookie to 13 for 51 shooting. Ryan Frost, it's a second season.
1: He's got him playing good defense there. You know, and defense wins championships. You know, that's all there is to it. And when you've got offensive players to boot, fantastic. And, uh, you know, one thing that I'm, I'm hoping for is that uh, head football coach Traven Hobson can be there. He's actually uh, trapped in around Island Park in snow right now and they're, they're trying to get out so we can get home. He's missed some work. There's that much snow over in, in eastern Idaho. So, uh, if, Coach, if you listen to this and you can't make it to the games, go ahead and listen to uh, Idaho Sports live and free. Now, you, Travis Hobson,
0: good guy. Glad he's helping out, Coach. Um, some of the other players to watch for Century, Max Rogers, Carson Zink, and Titan Fleshman, yeah. they are good ones as well. The next game in the 4A ranks at 3 o'clock is 3C Middleton, 16-10 and 10 on the season, 10-6. and 6. In the conference against Preston. Preston is the three time defending state champions, the district champs as well this year out of 4 5. District 22 and two on the year 11 and two within the conference and uh, it's going to be tough to upend Preston as it is every year. But Middleton's best bet is to crash it into the interior. They have mm-hmm. some big guys: Garth Memolar, a University of Washington commit, and Tyler Robinette, a guy that can go inside and outside, six foot seven
1: and six foot five. Uh, those are tough matchups for anybody. They are. You, anytime you get a six foot five inch guy. College caliber, and he's not a little guy. He's a big guy that can go down there and and he can bang the boards. He can bang bodies. Get down in the block. Uh, you know that that's a tough matchup. And if if the coach looks at at different things, and if there happens to be a mismatch in there somewhere, watch out. My question for you is: Is there a better first round
0: matchup of individual talents than Ty Hyde for Preston, six foot six, a good player on the inside and the outside, mm-hmm. going against Tyler Robinette for Middleton?
1: I'm not sure. You're going to be hard-pressed to find it. Yeah, you're right. It's it's not happening in, you know, I've been prepping for mine and you know, looking around at some of the others. You get height with talent. You know, I, I think Scott and Mike are going to have themselves a fun tournament. You were at the Bora-Rocky Mountain game the other night, and it was loud. It was packed. It was it was crazy. Well, that's how every game is in the 4 at Bora. It's packed from... You know, noon until 10 o'clock at night, and it's loud and raucous, and and that can play into how teams play as well. Luke Smiley
0: had 26 points as well for Preston in the district championship win over Twin Falls. For those
1: wondering, the Indians are 94 and 10 in the last four years. Wow, that's uh, that's a lot of wins. That's a lot of wins, and you and you don't get that by being lucky. You get it by good coaching, a lot of talent coming through. Throwing a sprinkle of luck and, and just being uh, prepared for every game. Preston is coached by
0: ninth-year man Tyler Jones and Middleton, led by former Idaho State University Bengal Andy Harrington, who is in his first season on the sideline. As you look at the nightcap game, 6-15. It's the second seed out of District 3, Valley View, 14-10 and on the season, 11-5 and within the conference against Moscow, the representative from the north. As they say, we are the North. We'll see uh, how well they represent here. 19 and 3 on the season, 4 and 0 within the league. This is one of the uh, matchups that I don't think is going to get talked about enough. But again, you've got a great matchup of individual talents here. Amaro Lotto, 26 points and seven rebounds in the district championship against Columbia. He's going to work against Gabe Quinet, who we've seen drop 30 points multiple times this year. There's going to be a lot of
1: points in this game, I think. And and those are fun, you know. When the over or under is you know a hundred, great, that's awesome. Uh, you get in the state tournament, and your players are going to play. Your your stars are going to shine. And in this game, you're right. It's an early you know uh, first round matchup. But it's going to be one of those matchups that I think you remember the rest of the tournament.
0: Lotto's going to be playing at Chapola College in Florida, and I've said it multiple times this year. He's the best player in the state this year, and uh, anybody can argue me on that. But I- I'm going to stick to my guns on that one. Ryan Lundgren has done a great job coaching yeah. him up. And he's joined by Mike Fitz, Gabe Gallegos, and Jaden Moran to formulate a pretty quality team out there. The other side of the floor, Moscow, they're an interesting team. I think that, again, it's that same thing as every year. Everybody wants to see how they stack up against other districts as they've had some impressive wins this year, but
1: they just don't play uh, a lot of forays because there's only... Three 4As up there. Right. And so you have to go out of state. You have to go lower classifications, sometimes much lower. Sometimes, you know, they're playing Grangeville and a very good team. But you look at it and go, well, a 4A versus 2A, how do they match up? And so you don't really have a good sense as far as scouting goes until they get to the state tournament. And at that point, you, you know, it's either a, well, you know, why are they here? Or it's, oh, man, you know, I wish we would have seen this coming. I think in in this this case this year, Moscow is going to surprise a lot of people. Moscow has won the most state championships in the history of Idaho.
0: They're tied for that one with eleven state titles, looking to break the tie and get up to twelve this season. Is the eight o'clock game? It's Twin Falls, second seed out of the fourth fifth district, the fourth fifth district. Excuse me, that's difficult to say. Apparently, <laughs> twenty and three on the season, twelve and two within the conference against Idaho Falls. They won District 6, 17-5, 9-1. and, 5, 9 and 1. These teams have played twice this year.
1: Twin Falls won both regular season meetings. But again, it's that tough to beat a team three times. Yeah, and, and we saw that in the girls where it was tough to beat a, a good team 25 times, and they ended up losing 26 times. So you, you can never tell what's going to happen down the road, but you're right. It, it, once you play a team so many times, you, you get a, a good sense of their tendencies, maybe the coaching. But on the other hand, there's a reason that that you lost three times so I don't know I've never really been a big believer in, in that uh that saying but I'm kind of a skeptical guy anyway the Twin Falls Bruins
0: have twin towers literally on the inside six foot ten Mitchell Brzee he averages almost 16 points a game seven rebounds six foot nine inch Ryan Ball just an inch shorter 9.2 points a game 5.2 rebounds and then they have guards as well Fauci Sueta, 13 points a game Winston Dugan nine and a half points a game and Matt Har is in his 16th season. This is one of the best teams uh, throughout the season in the media poll. Everybody's ranked them towards the top, and you can see why. And yeah. they've just been
1: so battle-tested throughout the year. It's going to be hard to rattle the Twin Falls Bruins. Now, again, they're coming out of that great Basin 10 conference. It's the the conference to end all conferences. It stretches from Mountain Home to Preston. It's just this massive conference. And I watched Twin Falls play Minico earlier this year. They lost to Minico in that game, but I think Twin Falls was the better team overall. And to have that uh, such size on a team coming into the state tournament, it's hard to win a state championship without size down low. And teams that come in with two or three guys – they're dangerous
0: this is a good preview as well as some of the players that we'll see in the all-state game at north idaho college on march 23rd as there's two for twin falls mitchell brisee and faustia sueta yeah. and for idaho falls calvin bowen 13 and points per game close to four assists he's tagged with paul wilson on the inside six and a half boards per game so howard hart one of those old school coaches for the idaho falls tigers in his fifth season He has plenty to work with. This is a much-improved team from last year. I've been impressed by what they've been able to do. And they're the lone representative out of District 6 after Middleton beat Bonneville in the play-in game. So there is a lot to live up to
1: for Idaho Falls to try and represent that proud district. Well, and Hart came from Bonneville, so he's seen these kids anyway. You know, he comes in. And it's not just this brand-new bunch of kids he's never seen before. These are all kids from the same town. They've played youth ball together. They've come up, played each other. And, and so he came into a known quantity, so to speak. And to be, you're right, that lone representative is, don't frown at me, that lone representative spot out of Idaho Falls, it's, uh, you know, there's a little chip on your shoulder coming out of there. Five teams, one's a 5A, but coming out with, you know, there's great teams. Skyline, you know, Hillcrest, all these storied history teams in Idaho Falls comes out. It's fun to see. Paul is notorious for dropping pins, and hitting mics,
0: and typing on keyboards during the prep cast. He's a big fan of that background noise. Wants you to know that we're working in the <laughs> office here, as uh, that's the 4A classification for Thursday. One more classification to do, and then we'll take a break. We'll look at the 3A ranks from Meridian High School. Matt Harris and Lance Taylor, the 3A crew this year as it'll be a game where I think Sugar Salem's going to be heavily favored here at 115. The Diggers seed 6A, 15-9, and 2-2 and 2 out of the Mountain Rivers against 1B Timberlake, 9-14 and 14 on the year, 5-1. and 1. Timberlake is one of five teams across all state tournament classifications that have a losing record entering this, but I will remind you, you remember this from football, everybody was writing off Timberlake and they went out and they made it to the semifinals. so Who knows? Maybe this will
1: be a different uh, game than we think it might turn into. Well, Timberlake's another one of those teams. North Idaho, as as Idaho goes further north, the the state gets slimmer and slimmer. And so there's fewer teams to play, especially in that three. And so they end up playing, you know, Lewiston and Mullen, St. Mary's, East Valley, Washington, schools like that where, you know, especially the, the Washington schools, Lakeside, you go, well, you know, was that a quality loss? Was it a quality win? You don't know, and so then they get into league play, and you know, they lost to Bonners Ferry, they lost to Lakeland, they lost to Moscow, and not not tournament or not the uh, league play, but teams in you know, Idaho teams that we can tell who they have played, who they haven't played, and so Timberlake nine and fourteen is it a real nine and fourteen? Probably not. You know, if you look at if you look at it through the the lens of Idaho teams, they're probably got a little bit better record than that.
0: As uh, Timberlake, the White Siberian Tigers, are led by Jacob James on the outside. He's one of their guards. And Sheldon Kistler on the inside. He's a forward. And they also got Chase Garden. Those are all players that played on the state tournament team last season. Mike Mentai is in his first season season. As the head coach of Timberlake, I call them the White Siberian Tigers because I saw it somewhere that seemed official, and I think that sounds better than White Tigers or Tigers, so I'm trying to push them to change it officially.
1: And I I think officially, a long time ago, I don't know if it's changed in the annals of the IHSA, but it used to be the White Siberian Tigers. So you're right. Now, I don't know if they condensed it to just white Tigers, but, uh, yeah, I'm kind of a fan of the white Siberian as well. We're going to have to cut
0: out that clip of you telling me that I'm right so we can just play it on loop in here every time anything happens. I deny. I deny. The Sugar Salem Diggers, they enter this game as the favorites. Jerome Rahari, a Bonneville transfer, scored 21 points in their district championship, winning against South Fremont 45-42. Payson, Mickelson, Kyler Handy, Curtis Drake, and Hadley Miller also, standouts that are back from last year. This is Sean Freeman's sixth season as the head coach of the Beat Diggers there in Sugar
1: City. There, there's another nickname that yeah. they should probably go back to. It's awesome. It's fantastic. No, but you're, you're right. What you said early on is Sugar Salem the favorite coming into this game. You know, we we talked about Timberlake maybe being better than the record it indicates. Are they better than Sugar Salem's record indicates? Probably not. Um, it's going to be a, a tough battle, a tough beat road a hoe for Timberlake. to uh, to beat sugar, Uh, but it's it's a state tournament. Anything can
0: happen, right? Well, white Siberian Tigers against beet diggers as far as the matchup goes. Easy Gary Jones. I mean, if you're going off of the primitive matchup, I think I might have to go with the white (laughs) Siberian
1: Tigers. Yes, I think you're probably right.
0: Another primitive matchup, we have Panthers and Bulldogs. It's seed 3B, the Parma Panthers, 24-20 and 4, excuse me, in the season 5 and 3 out of the conference against the Kimberly Bulldogs, seed 4A, 19-3 and on the year, 6-0 and in the Sawtooth Central Idaho Conference. As Parma, a team that's been sitting towards the top of the media poll throughout the season in first or second under head coach Scott Garrick, who led them to a state championship back in 2016. Kimberly, they got to a championship game last year but fell by 23 to Fruitland. So my question here, has anybody done a better coaching job in the state of Idaho than Darren Gary? At Kimberly, who lost all five starters from last year's state right. runner up team and implemented a bunch of guys that were on the bench last year and some impact newcomers from JV, and has this team with 19 wins. Their only losses come into Snake River and Sugar, who are both in this 3A tournament
1: by a combined 10 points in those three games. Well, you're absolutely right. And you, you talked about Parma being ranked, you know, second first in the media poll. Well, the final media poll that came out. Kimberly and Parma were tied, and Kimberly got a first-place vote. So, you know, Kimberly was right there with Parma. So you're seeing two top five teams playing in the first round of the 3A tournament, and that's going to be fun. Braden
0: Jensen, one of the funnest players to watch in the state. He's the leading scorer for the Parma Panthers, but, you know, you look, Jared Nielsen and Ryan Nielsen out there, they got Peyton Rohrbacker, Blaine Rohrbacker, they have a bunch of guys that are fun to watch on the outside, specifically, and then Kyle Powers and Dustin Johnson do the dirty work on the inside. Uh, The other side of the floor, I'm interested to see, I was reading inside of the Magic Valley Times news, that Brant Etherington, who had 14 points in the district championship, left the game against Buell with an injury. So I'm curious to see what he's able to do during the state tournament if he plays. I assume you'll be out there. It didn't disclose what the injury was. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Dawson Cummins, Tristan O'Donnell, Braxton Hammond, regardless, there's a lot of other guys that are going to have to step up in a
1: big way for Kimberly, which, you know, they don't have the Trey Garys of the world anymore. You know hope hopefully Etherington can come back and play like you said, we don't know what it is, but you always want the good players out there playing during the state tournament and uh you and you're right, you lose five starters, you kind of look at it and go well let's see how let's see how the other teams in the conference do this year, but they came back and and led the conference top five team, like we said, so uh, that's a huge credit to head coach darren gary six fifteen game in the three a's it is the Marsh Valley Eagles,
0: seventeen and ten on the season three and one in the conference. they got there. By way of a regional plan, win over South Fremont, and they also beat Buell in the state plan game. They take on Kellogg, seed 1A, out of the north, the district champions, nine and 13 on the season, and three and three within their league. This is another. Uh, we just mentioned Kimberly's coaching job. How about Jeff Neering? He lost the entire
1: roster, other than Gavin Luna and Brendan Atkins, and here they are, district champions again. You know, they are. And, and Jeff Neering, a coach that knows what he's doing. He's got a good team. And again, another one of those North Idaho teams that comes in 9-13. Is it a 9-13 team? Maybe, maybe not. We were able to see Kellogg play this year. Fun team to watch. Fun team to watch. It was during the Brawl for the Ball um, festival up there at uh, at Kellogg High School. But, uh, but, you know, Jeff Neering always has a good team coming in, year in, year out. And the Wildcats are always fun to watch. And, and their logo is second to none. Yeah, they got an interesting logo
0: when you head in there to the gym. It's uh, definitely noticeable as the Kellogg Wildcats defeated Timberlake 51-50 to on Gavin Luna's four-point play with 1.1 seconds left. Raiden Ricketts had 15, Graydon Neering with 11, and Brennan Atkins had 8 as Kellogg has won six of their last seven games, including that district championship. They play Marsh Valley which I think might be as good of a matchup as they could have expected in the first round as the Eagles are talented but they just don't have that size as there's only one player on the active roster listed at taller than 6 foot 1 and that senior center Aaron Marshall the the go-to guy is
1: Jacob McNabb he's a 6 foot 1 inch center you know and and I mentioned a little bit earlier in the prep cast that to win state championships, you have to have that size inside. Well, in this case, if you don't have that size inside, you have to have shooters that are making their shots. Uh, and so, you know, w- without having the full scouting report on it, just looking on paper, Marshall is going to have to come out. Marsh is going to have to shoot a high percentage of their shots, both inside and out, uh, in order to come out and beat Kellogg.
0: Yeah, so that's the game of the day, I think, as far as just uh, having absolutely no idea what's going to happen. I love those kind of games where I have no clue. Parma and Kimberly... That'll be a game that everybody has circled, but I really think Marsh Valley Kellogg is the most interesting game for me, as that's taken nothing away from the other games. I mean, you look at the eight o'clock game. You got <laughs> the district champion at a district five, Snake River, fifteen and eight on the season, three and one in their conference against Fruitland three A, the defending state champions, nineteen and four on the season, and eight and zero within the conference. I think Fruitland is the favorite uh, entering this three A state tournament and that's different than last year Uh, they didn't enter last year as the favorites from a lot of outsiders perspectives and they
1: won it so now they got the target on their back in round two they do and they've been ranked number one all year in in the media polls And, and and it's always been that number one are we sure yeah we yeah we need to keep And every every week they keep proving the media right by voting them number one and so coming into the state tournament now um, you know, with with everything else, um, you know, happening with uh, within that, that program, having their head on their shoulders, right? It's a, it's a true credit to those coaches and that coaching staff. Jacob Richens was the only graduate from last year for the
0: Fruitland Grizzlies who won the district championship second year in a row, 62 to 50 over the parma panthers remember jake o'neill he was out until january this year he finally comes back and he's starting to get hot 18 points against the parma panthers in the district championship drake stampley 14 hunter stampley eight i really like their guards too cola Guren and uh, joe hangler they got josh hangler on the inside and they got the trio of coaches uh, the assistants all doing the job mark V Dub, troy odell
1: and Willie Lake as Fruitland goes for their sixth state title in school history. You know, and for so many of those, we watched him go up against Shelley. And it was Fruitland, Shelley. Shelley gets Fruitland, and it was so exciting. And now coming in, now it's Snake River um, coming up. And the one constant is always Fruitland in that 3A state tournament. No matter how they come in, no matter what seed they are, you always have Fruitland on your mind that that championship road goes through Fruitland, Idaho. The Snake River Panthers
0: on the other side—you you can kind of bet that they'll be there too. Is yes. Bob Coombs' 26th season? He's won five state titles. They beat Marsh Valley 59 to 45 in the district championship game. Porter Albertson with 18 points, and that came Mitch Lindsey with 16. And I heard last year there were a lot of people saying, "What is Snake River going to do when they lose Clancy Thomas, the two-time state player of the year for the 3A classification?" And a lot of people were highlighting Mitch Lindsay who was on the JV team as a freshman last year. And sure enough, he comes up to varsity this year. And him and Porter
1: Albertson have had just phenomenal seasons. You know, and when you lose that that big player in your program, a lot of a lot of times the people on the outside think, "Oh, there's going to be this huge void, and and who's going to fill it?" Well, it's okay. You know, there's more kids coming up. Coaches have a plan. And if it takes two kids to fill that spot, fine. And and that's kind of what happened where you've got two kids coming up that can contribute. They play off of each other. They play well. You've got 26 um, years of experience in Bob Coombs. He knows what he's doing. You know, he's won five state championships. So, uh, you know, faith in the program and, and the, the program coming up through the ranks, you know, uh, Snake River is going to be just fine.
0: And one thing you can always bet on is that the 3A will have some of the best games throughout all classifications. Absolutely. It's just every year that's exactly what happens. As we've talked 3A, 4A, and 5A Boys Real Dairy Shootout matchups for Thursday, we'll come back from the break and discuss 2A, 1A Division I, and 1A D2. It's the Idaho Sports PrepCast presented by Project Filter. Wendy's has three new hamburgers on the new made-to-crave menu. The barbecue cheeseburger, the sauce and bacon cheeseburger, and the peppercorn mushroom milk. They've got so much swagger, they'll change the way you think about hamburgers and the way
1: you ride through our drive-thru. Maybe you'll lean your seat back a little. Maybe a lot. Maybe you'll roll your windows down. Or maybe your window's broken because you punched through it to get your hamburger faster. Try the three new hamburgers on Wendy's new made-to-crave menu and download the Wendy's app for craveable deals today. At Wendy's, we got you. At participating Wendy's,
0: my name's Jerry, and I smoked for 30-plus years. I was elk hunting. My left arm and my left leg started tingling on me. I nearly died, and
1: it was enough to wake me up. You know, being on the top side of the grass is a good alternative to smoking. I still hunt, and now it's getting time where the grandkids are going to start going, and I want to be there for that. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW
0: or visit projectfilter.org.
1: Don't worry, honey. You know how the media sensationalizes everything. Okay, that does it. Screw I'm going home. You play to win the game. I thought that would be big news. You thought what would be big news? Back
0: for segment two of episode 20 of the Idaho Sports PrepCast, presented by Project Filter alongside Paul Kingsbury. My name's Sven Elskog, and Paul, we've made it through 3A, 4A, 5A, And this is the classification that you are going to be broadcasting that we will discuss next. It's at Capitol High School, the two ways. And I know you're excited to head over there and see a different
1: brand of basketball. You know, I have never done the two-way tournament as far as a a, a broadcaster, the entire tournament. Um, I've wanted to go over there and visit You know, Steve Sosnowski, the tournament director there at, at Capitol High School. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hear he treats the broadcasters really well. I hope it wasn't just... Who was broadcasting? I hope it's actually every broadcaster, so that way I can maybe partake a little bit of the the good times too. He's gonna find out that you're gonna be there, and uh, we're gonna have to
0: change the way we do things this year. He's a
1: little anti-New Plymouth, so that's always been against me a little bit. So we'll see how that works out for me in my favor. Now, fortunately, New Plymouth's not there, so Paul will true. not have a rooting
0: interest in this tournament. Don't worry, folks. As we start off game one, it is seed six B North Fremont making their third trip to the state tournament since 1927. They are 17 and six on the season, six and two within the conference, against the Declo Hornets, 16 and seven on the season, and they swept aside the Wendell Trojans to earn their spot at state. North Fremont has Garrett Hawks, 17.5 points a game, 7.5 rebounds. That's one of the best players in the state of Idaho, and it's not
1: easy to defend him on either side of the floor. No, it's not easy to defend Garrett Hawks, and, and if they do, you know what, they've got other players on the team as well. Um, you know, you got, looking at Chris Hansen, the other Chris Hansen, who who comes in, and, and there's just an all-over really, really good team. They've got a sophomore, uh, Luke Hill, coming in as well. that They can contribute a lot, and, and you look up and down the 2A tournament, and, you know, you look at the, the media polls where one through seven, basically, you know, you got rivalry, Bear Lake, Grangeville was number three, got beaten out barely by a good St. Mary's team, North Fremont, Cold Valley, there's your top five. Westside was another team getting votes. So this, this tournament, I'm excited to watch. There's so many good teams and coming in game number one, 115 and North Fremont versus a deck low, you know, I've, I'm getting pretty hyped up for it. And North Fremont's one of those teams that on any given night they can beat anybody in the state. They have mm-hmm. that kind of
0: talent led by Hawks. Declo a very interesting story behind this team is they won seven of their final eight games this year but they're going to be playing without a lot of faces that you might realize, uh, might recognize. Uh, Keegan Duncan's not playing, Tyson Matthews not playing, and Caden Hamilton not playing as they're no longer on the roster. Those are all some of their key players from last season but Nonetheless, they continue to play good basketball. 67-16 to 16 was their win over Wendell in Game 2 of that District Championship Series. And in that one, Sam Mallory led it with 17 points. Ben Puentes had 16, and McKay Brashears had 12. Jacoby Fox, this is his third season as the head coach of the Hornets. But Declo, they've got a
1: real difficult opening round matchup here. Looking at, okay, you lose three really good players. When well, you look at that championship game, District championship, you got three players, double figures. Well, there's kids that stepped up, and and that's how you know you've got a really good team is when okay, you might lose a player to injury or other situations that happen, and you've got kids that step up and say, you know what, it's my turn. I'm going to show you what I've got, and that's what's happening in Declo. And there's just some really good games here. We talked about that 115 game. What about the three o'clock game? It's the Bear
0: Lake Bears, the two-time defending Mm -hmm. state champions. They're in 2A, 20 and four on the season, seven and one out of District 5 against the Coal Valley Christian Chargers, district champions out of the 3rd District, 16-6 and six on the season, and 8-2 and two out of their conference. Bear Lake looking for the three-peat this year
1: under Brandon Carlson, who's in his 11th season. And I think they have a pretty good shot at it. You know, a, a three-peat at state's not an easy thing to do. It's happened, you know, quite a bit over history, but comparatively, based on how many games are played every year, it doesn't happen a lot. It's kind of a rare thing to, to go back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. And uh, there's a lot of back-to-backs out there, but doing it three times is a special thing to do, and Bear Lake's got a real shot of that this year. Bear Lake has that shot because, in large part, Trey Shaw mm-hmm. is just that good. He was
0: second-team All-State last year. He's got Zach Peterson and Ashton Carlson with him on the guard line. And, you know, beyond that, this is a team that plays good defense. While they lost to Westside in the district championship 35-33, to uh, West Side just seems to be the team that has their number. If you look at the rest of Bear Lake's schedule, they just haven't struggled that much against most of the other teams. Three other four losses have come to West Side, right. and the only other one to North Fremont. So if you just take West Side off their schedule, we're talking about how great Bear Lake is. But instead, they kind of enter it as a sleeper almost somehow. Right. And,
1: and if you're Cole Valley, you know, doing prep for this game, you don't watch film on Bear Lake. You you watch film on West Side and say, okay, what are they doing? that helps them beat this team, and we're going to copy that as best as we can. And really, if you're seeing a team beat a good team like that, you have to really imitate exactly what they're doing to to, to get that done. And Coal Valley Christian, I think, is going to go with a completely different style than what we see Westside, unless
0: they surprise me and they come out and they change their game plan entirely. But we watch Coal Valley. These guys like to run, and that is not the style that the Westside Pirates play. Coal Valley... Ricky Golina, their leading scorer with 18 points a game. He also hauls in nine boards. Dylan Krogh and Nathan Wetzel are forwards that also average in double digits. I really like this basketball team. We watched them in that district championship 59-49 win over the Marsing Huskies. And when they score a lot, when they get over that 60-point threshold, they're
1: 9-2 this season. In, in, in a state like Idaho without a shot clock, it's a lot easier for a team that slows down the pace to impose their will in a team... that that wants to speed it up because you know a a team that wants to slow it down great they just back it out they pass it around and that frustrates a team that's used to run and gun in an exciting and fast-paced game and that can completely throw off that offense so it's going to be the the onus is really going to be on Cole valley to come out and prepare for any type of pace they run into try and make it a fast-paced game because that's what they like but be prepared and and understand ahead of time and know what to do in the case if it does get slowed down on them and Cole valley the other thing that they do well is they move it around 14 yeah. assists per game that's not a number that you see very often their team is really focused on passing the ball it's it's that indiana um, type mentality of you know pass five or six times before a shot almost but you know it, it's about working with your teammates they're a very unselfish basketball team do they have their stars absolutely however those stars are fed by players that are willing to give up. You know, it, it's, I, saw, I read a quote actually this morning to the effect of I didn't memorize it because I don't memorize things. But it was, if if you work on a team that doesn't care who gets the credit, you can do great things. And and that's a team that really does that. If they don't care who gets the credit, they just want to get the win. You know who said that? Paul Kingsbury. I just did. Just now. Yes. Well,
0: it's a, a tough one for me between which of these games is going to be the best one on day one. As I look at that 3 o'clock game that we just discussed between Coal Valley and Bear Lake, and then I also see the six fifteen one. one West Side the District champions out of the fifth District, 15 and nine on the season seven and one out of the conference, against the champions out of the Central Idaho League, St. Mary's, 17 and seven, two and two within league play. I love this matchup, and I think that this might be the most physical game you have seen all year in the
1: state of Idaho. You know, you get big bodies, you know Dan Howard, we've watched him play. He's a big guy, but he's quick. He's got good hands. He passes very, very well for a big guy. And so, you know, St. Mary's coming down from North Idaho, like you said, coming out of a very tough conference. Grangeville is the team that was ranked all year. They beat them two out of three um, to take the conference seed. Uh, So they're coming out. A lot of, a lot of uh, teams slept on them this year, and that's coming into state, that's almost an advantage that you've got coming in with everyone thinking another team was going to be there. So you can come in and say, well, we're here. You better prepare for us now. These are two of the under-the-radar
0: teams in the 2A classification. is St. Mary's and Westside, I don't think, have gotten enough credit. Westside is led by Stockton Brown. Who hit a three-pointer in the near side corner in the last seconds of a 35-33 district championship win over the Bear Lake Bears? And I like the outside matchup between him and Jackson Pritchard, the leading scorer for St. Mary's, who averages 12.1 per game. West Side is coached by Tyler Brown, who's taken him to three state championship games. They've fallen to Firth each time, and St. Mary's, led by Brian Chase on the sidelines,
1: so a couple of experienced coaches in this one. Well, it was during that time when the saying was, you know, if you're not second, you're Firth. And, and Firth was just on that run of wins, run of wins. Um, you know, going back to that district title game, you win, a, you win a district title game in such exciting fashion. You win it, you know, a three-pointer corner. Your team is on such a high. Well, that's, that's momentum. And that momentum carries you into the state tournament. Even though there's days in between, you're still coming into that tournament with that high. I mean, you're still coming in saying, you know what? We beat that team. We deserve to be here and coming in with confidence. Confidence means everything in the game of basketball, from defense to shooting to everything in between. Confidence is everything. And you come out of a district title game, you win it with a a three-pointer, the entire team is on a high. And you just mentioned Firth, a 2A nuclear conference team. Their fellow conference
0: foe, the Ryrie Bulldogs, are headed to state, and they look like one of the favorites. So the district champions out of District 6, 22-1 on the season, 8-0 in the conference against the Marsing Huskies, the second seed out of District 3. They're 18-7 and 6-4 and and overall. Another matchup, you won't see these players face off against each other because Michael Yur is a big man and Enrique Quebrado is an outside player. But Kibrato, 17.6 points per game. You're 21.7 and 11.5 boards, 3.5
1: blocks. Uh, These are some really fun players to watch taking the floor in this last game. You know, and Marsing is is that team coming into state that's got the guard play. They have the inside play. And the inside play by Ankeny, kid is a a sophomore in high school, 10 rebounds a game, 3.5 blocks a game. That's huge for a kid. And he's got almost 10 points a game. Kibrato, he's quick. He's quick. He can shoot the three, and not just on the line three. He can back it up and shoot the three as well. So you've got two really interesting parts there, with a lot of parts in between, where you've got you know the Maricalls and the two and the Seavies on the team that can come in and and hassle players as well. Run. They run the break really well. They're a fast, fast basketball team. I think that the big key in
0: this game for Marsing is to keep Jacob Ankeny out of foul trouble. Yes. As Ankeny averages close to nine points a game, over 10 rebounds, and three and a half blocks. If they can keep him matched up against Michael Ure, they can do a lot of good things. The problem that we saw in the district championship game is he got into foul trouble, had to head to the bench. And if that happens in this game,
1: Ryrie might walk away with this thing. But as I mentioned, he's averaging about three and a half blocks a game. Well... You get three and a half blocks, that means you're going for a lot more than that. And he's a sophomore, he's getting experience, he's getting better down low, and probably what I expect to see his junior and senior year is that block per game is going to go down to maybe one and a half to two, but his foul ratio is going to go way down from four and five to maybe three and four, which will help his team because they don't it's hard for them to win without Ankeny in there, causing that defensive disruption, getting those buckets, helping with the rebounds. So he needs to kind of lay off the blocks a little bit and worry more about the rebounds, and I think he's going to learn that.
0: Marsing's first-round opponent, Ryrie, we just talked about Michael Your Lars Sutton is their second-leading scorer, averaging 13 points per game. Stockton Jansen just a shade over eight, and Jonathan Scott close to seven points. They're looking for their first state title since 1990. Well, that's the 2A classification. Again, it's Paul Kingsbury and Clay Hatfield on the call for that one. Paul Kingsbury is talking right in front of me here on the Idaho Sports Prepcast presented by Project Filter as he's co-host this week. I'm Sven Elskog. The 1A D1s, one of the more intriguing tournaments for me this year, is just... Seems to be a lot of parity in this classification, and I'm not sure if we'll see it in the first-round games. I think it'll be a lot of quality semifinals and a championship game. We'll see what happens in the first round. As the first matchup at 115, it's Riverstone 3C, 15-10 and 10 on the year, 6-4 and 4 out of the conference, and Valley, the district champions, out of the 4th district, 18-4 and 4 and 8 and overall. This is actually Riverstone's third consecutive trip the state tournament, and they have a relatively young roster in place as well as Nick Liebig and Charlie DeBoer are a couple of players we've seen this year that do have some skills for them, and they're going to be teamed up against Valley Zane Musman and
1: Jason Hardy. So those are really the the players to watch for in this particular game. Yeah, and a Musman-Hardy matchup between DeBoer and, and Liebig, that's going to be a fun matchup. We watched, like you said, Riverstone play in any team with a mascot, like the Otters, that's just cool. There's not a lot, not a lot of otters around, especially in Idaho. Otters and Vikings. I like it. I like it. The matchup doesn't bode well for the otters as far as a mascot matchup, but on the court, youth is really going to come into play. Um, during this, and, and and if they can really step up. Even though they've been to state, you know, a couple, three times, it's these young guys that maybe haven't been there as much coming up and not getting too awestruck with where they're at, getting on the court and playing basketball, because that first game is so important because you lose, you have no chance to get the blue trophy. You go to the left side of the bracket and you stay there. And so coming in with the right mindset and playing right out of the gate, your game of basketball, sometimes, especially if you're playing a good team right out of the gate like Valley, you don't have time. To, uh, to have a bad quarter to start things off. Okay, guys, let's shake off the rust. Okay, let's get the jitters out. You can't. You have to come in with no jitters, come in with no rust, and play straight from the tip. This will actually be the
0: third consecutive year that these guys have played each other in the first round, or not in the first round, but in the tournament, and Valley has won the first couple of those matchups. So that is another interesting element to this particular one as Brian Hardy, the head coach for the Valley Vikings. And on the other side, it's Jarrett Ellsworth, for the Otters of Riverstone International School. As the 3 o'clock game, it's the Potlatch Loggers going against the Patriots of Liberty Charter. Potlatch is the second seed out of District 2, 17-6 on the season, 9-3 in league play. Liberty Charter, 18-6, 9-1 in conference play, as what a win for Liberty Charter over Ambrose in their conference championship 50-31, 50-31, to
1: 31 is that was a surprising result for me just to see how wide the margin was. You know, Ambrose always comes in every year with, with great players, a great team. And, and Liberty Charter, we've seen them the last couple of years getting better and better. Here they are, you know, back in, in the state tournament. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a tough matchup against Potlatch. Potlatch coming out, very good team. Back in the day, you know, back in the days of Casey Shuffler, a guy we know that runs the uh the Kibby Dome. He's uh he's a former logger. He's going to be down here watching. They were at state all the time and they were actually in the same classification as New Plymouth back in the day um when I played and they always good, a great history of winning there at potlatch. And so now they're coming back down 17 and 6, 9 and 3 in conference. Uh, you know, they're turning a lot of heads up there in North
0: Idaho. Paul, you've actually had two kids since the last time that the Potlatch Loggers made it to state. It's been 15 years. You believe that? That's more than two kids. More than two?
1: Oh, in 15 years, you're right. Sorry.
0: Oh, you had go going there. I was like, boy, yeah. I thought I counted that you right. You did. I'm you thinking did. it out over here is, you know, little Will and Ava, they weren't <laughs> even alive yet. They uh, weren't. Potlatch Loggers, they beat Prairie 38-33 in the semis to clinch their spot. Dakota Hadler led the scoring with 13 points in that one. You know, they got a couple of IML players, or not IML, the... Uh, What's the league called? The White Pine League. White Pine. They got a few White Pine League players that are all league here, as Braden Hadler and Connor Akins mm-hmm. are the other all league players. Liberty Charter has one of the best players in the state on their side in Cole Hinen Camp. And I like some of the pieces around him as well. You know, Daniel Colbert, Michael Corkish, aston Cedric,
1: Ashton Cedric, and you really like this I'll let you say the name. Alex yep. Bistr- Bistrishano. B- uh, see, and, and, and we worked on this before the podcast, and I, I nailed it. Bistrishano. There you go. Yeah. I knew you were going to get it eventually. You got it. You got it. Thank nailed you. It. All right. But, but you're right, and, and you look at, at what they've been doing. They've won the last 14 of their 15 games, I think, and so that's another one of those teams coming in, riding a high. You know, they need to ride that wave of success and, and confidence coming out of the regular season in the districts in the state to see how far I can take them. Shano is one of the Thank hardest you. name pronunciations. You said it better than me. You said it way better than me.
0: In the entire state, and I'll say this. The first time I asked for it, one of their assistants gave me a phenomenal name pronunciation, and I wrote it down, and I couldn't read what I wrote. oh So I called him Alex B. That works, too. There was just no way I was going to get it. I was not about to butcher it on the air during that game, but now Sven and Paul, experts on the Shano. <laughs> you give us three, three or four shots at it, we'll nail it. Yeah, three or four. There we go. Yeah, third game of the day, six fifteen. It's Prairie Two C, the state playing game winner, nineteen and seven on the season, ten and two within their league against Chalice, the champions out of the fifth and sixth district, sixteen and six and four and two within conference play. As Chalice, they bounced back from a big loss against Grace in the first game of the district championship, came back and blew him out, seventy three to fifty five in the if necessary game. William Ashley, 18 points, Parker May with 17, and Mitch Cotant with 10. And I look at it, and I'm looking at some of the teams that Chalice has played this year. They played Kerry, they played Mackey, they played Valley, and they played North Fremont. Every single one of those teams made the state tournament. And then they had in a couple other games against Grayson Oakley, those are teams that were one win away. Yeah. So they're really battle-tested, which, you know,
1: Chalice, credit them, they schedule difficult in the off season, and, and that's why you schedule difficult in the off season. You see some of these coaches that they schedule light in order to get a good-looking record at the end of the year. Well, that doesn't do you any good when you come into state and you're playing teams like this. Mm-hmm that played up, that challenged themselves. and Plus, they play in a really tough conference, like you said, where you've got two, three, four teams that could have been in their spot just as easily, but here they are. And battle test is really, that's the word I was going to use, so thank you for stealing that. But battle test is really exactly what they are. They tested themselves. Well, and you just mentioned something, and I'm going to digress here as there are so
0: many teams that are deserving of a state berth that are not in this 1A Division 1 tournament. Yep. And I'm going to signal out one in particular. I had the same rant during the football playoffs. 1A D1 has got to figure out a way to get the, the best eight teams in the tournament because right now a team like Wallace, who's been ranked in the top three all season, yep. isn't even playing because their first game in a quote-unquote district-type setting was a regional play-in game where they played the Prairie Pirates who have been another top five team all season. They lost to Prairie in a tight game, and that was it. That was the end of the season for the Wallace Miners, so kids like Zach Welsh and Eric Brackebush were both right around the 20-point-per-game average. We're not even going to see at the state tournament and one of the best teams that's knocked off a 3A state tournament team in Kellogg. They've also knocked off Bonner's Ferry. They beat Priest River. They beat St. Mary's. They beat Genesis Prep. You can list off teams from the north, a lot of which are in the state tournament in their classifications, and Wallace beat them, and now the Miners don't even have an opportunity to play. And I understand right. you got to win your games, but they got to come up with a better way than a regional play-in game.
1: Oh, you're absolutely right, and it's, and it's unfortunate for Wallace. They're in a very difficult position up there. I think it's difficult for everybody that's trying to figure that out. But on a bigger scale, since we digressed, on a bigger scale, you look at, Uh, 4A girls. Bonneville, 20-0 in the regular season, lost two games at district, didn't go to state. I've seen it in years past where teams went 20-0, had a bad district. If you're a team that wins 20 games, doesn't lose the entire regular season, you should be at state. It shouldn't come down to a district tournament where all of a sudden the number one team loses a couple and they're out.
0: Well, and... and we have a lot of people in these areas that listen, especially for these small schools, and we've got good interaction before. When we ask for T-shirts, they send them in. <laughs> I'm going to ask for input here from athletic directors, even Wallace themselves. If they're yeah. listening to this right now, You know, wouldn't it almost be better for Wallace's sake if they went into the district tournament for the White Pine League as the lowest seed every year, and they had to win a play-in game in that in order to get into the district tournament field? Because then, at that point, Wallace has an opportunity to not just have to win every game. They can lose their first game and still somehow get into the tournament. Right, right now, it's a all-or-nothing on
1: one game. Right. And it just kills their shot most of the time. They never make state for basketball. And, and I, I'm the guy that everybody hates because I don't have a solution for it. But I think something needs to be figured out where it's not even a problem. Wallace needs to be, ne- Wallace needs to find a home. They need to find a home in a conference where this isn't even, even an issue, where they can they can play in a conference, play a regular season, and get to state like everybody else. And one of their, uh, the superintendent of the school district, Bob Reynolds, is actually
0: on the board of directors for the IHSA. And, you know, he mentions the travel distance that yep. Wallace has to go. And it's a great point. It's so far away. And it, it'd be the same for any school that has to go there. Salmon. Yeah, exactly. Just
1: throwing salmon out there, for example. You're
0: right. But you look at it, and it's interesting because Wallace actually plays 1A D2 conference games against Mullen and Clark (coughs) Fort, Genesis Prep, Kootenai. And they count towards the standings for all those teams, but it doesn't right. count for Wallace. Then they move up and they play D1 regional play games. Right. It's just a fascinating thing. But anyways, the Prairie Pirates are the team that beat them. And Prairie, Devin Ross, 21 points, 9 rebounds in the state play and win over Oakley, 54-34. Spencer Shoemaker had 18 points in the same game. Both of them are all-league selections. Kevin Shafey is in his third season as a head coach, that'll be a really good game between Prairie and Chalice. The eight o'clock game. It's three B Ambrose, sixteen and seven on the season, ten and zero in the Western Idaho Conference against Lapway, the district champions out of District Two. They're eighteen and four and eleven and one within their league. As you look at Lapway, and I think a lot of people have them circled as the favorites heading yeah. into this, and Peyton Sabota, a big reason why he was the
1: MVP of the 181 White Pine League, you know, and the Sabota—that's a, that's a name that has a lot of players and a lot of history up there in Lapway in the White Pine area, um, and there, it's a lot to live up to. And you've got that Player of the Year, you've got um, you know Coach Sabota, um, and, and just—it's a very very tough tough league up there. And and you look at you know going back to Ambrose losing that championship. Um, to Liberty Charter. Well, you don't want to face, it was kind of a no-win situation. Yeah, you want to win district championships. Sometimes you go, well, if we lose, we get a little bit better seed. Well, you win, you get potlatch, you lose, you get Lapway. Uh, you know, so it's uh, it's a tough game to prepare for no matter who you are. But this one, go- going up against Lapway, who no matter how their season has been, you know, we talked about um, playing up. We talked about how Chalice plays a tough schedule. What about Lapway? They always schedule tough games and that includes summer league i mean they'll travel to go to summer leagues and play teams that are you know way bigger than them in order to prepare themselves lapway a basketball town always has been always will be a lot of pride and tradition there and so coming into this that's a very tough first
0: round game kendall layton a first team all league representative as well and Titus year out was second team on the other side for kent sugarman a first-year head coach for the ambrose archers it's the Paul Yenner Show. He's first-team yeah. all-conference last year, and he's got some freshmen that have come on and made big impacts around him, Hudson Hughes and Johnny Sugarman. I've watched a lot of teams play basketball this year, and Ambrose might have two of the best shooters
1: that I've seen this year in, in those two kids. Well, if your last name's Hughes, you spend a lot of time in the gym and you spend a lot of time shooting. Um you know Jackson graduated, playing college ball now. Watched him play against College of Idaho um, a few weeks ago, and he hit a deep three ball, and everyone's you know cheering. And I'm like, yeah, I've I've seen that quite a few times over the years. And and so coming up, he's a freshman, uh, and so these guys are dangerous and and you get guys that can shoot and shoot consistently which is what Ambrose has always been really good at consistent shooting not just streaky shooting where boy if we have a good night shooting we're going to win it's every night that they're going to be shooting well and do you remember when Jackson Hughes was a freshman and i believe they went to the state
0: tournament and he was something along the lines of 5 foot 3 and they were telling us how this kid is the real deal mm-hmm we're like, there is no way the yeah. five foot three kid's gonna do anything here at the state level. Sure enough, he goes out there and lights it up. Right and he's shooting from all over the floor. Yep. And that's a perfect example of how to get your legs into the shot. He got taller, yep. and now he's right. playing like you mentioned at Corbin <clears throat> over there in Oregon. So congratulations to him for being over there. Ambrose Lapway that final game on Thursday for one A Division One, one A D two. We'll quickly go through the one A Division Two games there at Caldwell High School. And the broadcast team is Lucas Gebhardt and Dale Gray. We forgot to allude to the 1A D1s. The play-by-play is Gary Jones, and the color is Josh Byers. But 1A Division Two start with Rockland. Uh, seed 5-6B, 18-9 on the season, 9-5 within their conference. They take on Logos, 2A seed, 15-5 on the season, 10-0 in the 1A Division Two White Pine League. Is this is a funny quote from Logos head coach Matt Whitling. It says that his team, which quiz each other on trigonometry during bus rides, and this is to the Lewiston Tribune, he said, We're smart guys, but terrible at basketball (laughs) a year ago. And now they came back, and you know they're
1: fifteen and five this season after three wins last year. So what a turnaround for them! Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you and I do that here in the office sometimes. We'll just throw out trigonometry questions and see who can answer. No, that that never happens. I can't even say trigonometry. I couldn't even get that sentence out there. No, no, that's incredible. You know, kudos to those guys. You know, they've been two-time academic state champions. You know, the Knights—it's it, a school where smart kids go, and and that's what they do. They go on and be the bosses of everybody else is what is what happens there. And so. They're at the state tournament though and you know the 15 and 5 10 and 0 in conference and so coming up against a very good rockland team that's going to be one of those teams that are are one of those games early games that's going to be really fun to watch in the early afternoon isaac bloom
0: nick manudry and bennett schlecht are the players to watch for the logos knights on the other side second year head coach from rockland Shay neal has his team in the state tournament for the second consecutive year and the sixth total year in a row for the rockland bulldogs so uh, they're used to being here. Pratt Matthews brings down five boards a game and averages nine points a game. You also got Caleb Norwood and Braden Perman who are right there on the same average as well. The Bulldogs defeated Camas County 47-45 to 45 in the state play-in game. So this matchup, uh, one of those teams is going to head to the semifinals and uh, very impressive uh, seasons for both of them. So they'll get the winner Uh, The next game, Cary Garden Valley at three o'clock. Cary twelve and thirteen on the year five and four, in the conference three A is Garden Valley nineteen and five, and eight and four within the Long Pin Conference. You saw Cary earlier this year. This might be the biggest in-season turnaround. They began the year 2 and 6. They suddenly have a four-game winning streak to end the season and have won seven of their final eight games. Uh, they're looking like an entirely different team in their 14th straight
1: trip to the state tournament. You you can't have a 1A D2 state tournament without Kerry in it. And and to see them coming in with a losing record, that's not something you see too terribly often. You, know, you get those Fighting Simpsons in there in Kerry, Idaho. It, it, there's a lot of, you know, we talk about pride and tradition. Well, if you've driven through Cary, you know, you you hang a left coming out of, uh, you know, driving the back way, you drive through Cary, you're going to miss it. But I love Cary. The fans have always been some of the most loyal here at idosports.com. They've always been great uh, to work with as far as coaching staffs. And and so Cary is just that team that is always at state, no matter what the sport. And and Garden Valley, they're, you know, it's been a while. Garden Valley used to be that team where, you know, they were always there for football. And carry and, and Garden Valley, they've, they've done battle before. And so coming in here mid, mid-afternoon, don't miss it. And Lane Kirkland
0: showed me and Sean Woolley of the Times News his championship ring that the football team just got. And uh, they were massive championship rings. And many of these kids were on that football team. They want to add some more hardware. Yeah. Dallin Park, Hunter Smith, uh, Carson Simpson, some of the other guys – to watch out there. in Garden Valley has one of the best players in the tournament in Kobe Kelly. 22 points a game, six boards, three and a half steals, two assists, and one block per game. Kobe Kelly has been playing
1: on two sprained ankles. He's suddenly back at full strength, and that's exciting to see. Oh, good for him. You know, you always hate to see injuries in high school basketball. Not, not that you like to see injuries anywhere else, but at the high school level, it's just heartbreaking to see that, that they've worked so hard to get there. So to see him come back and hopefully playing at full strength, um, you know, good for Garden Valley. And we talk about asking for T-shirts from teams and whatnot. So if you're in Garden Valley and you want to give us something, I'll take a ranch. Because Garden Valley is where I want to retire. That's where I want to live the rest of my days, right up against the mountain, a couple hundred head of cattle out there, I'll die a happy man.
0: And, and speaking of dying a happy man, I think that Mr. Corbin Fields, who came up and thanked us, Uh, for doing a broadcast earlier this season for the Garden Valley Horseshoe Bend game. Uh, The way that he would die a happy man (laughs) is uh, if they get to play Genesis Prep at some point in this state tournament. Earlier this year we were talking and Corbin Fields came up and I said, you know what, I think we're going to see you at the state tournament. We look forward to that. And uh, he said, yeah, we want Genesis Prep. And uh, I thought that was about as good of a thing as I've heard anybody say all year. I mean, the kid knows. Who the favorite is heading yeah. into the tournament, and Garden Valley on the opposite ends of the bracket, a potential championship
1: matchup there. That's what I was going to say. It's it's going to take a couple of wins, or I guess a loss and a win, for them to see each other, um, because they're on opposite ends of the bracket. Um, I think a lot of teams that we that that we hear from say, I want to play Genesis Prep, and why? Because they're the best, and you always want to play the best. And so coming into the tournament, I think you almost ask, you know, you ask almost every team except Salmon River. You know, Salmon River played Genesis Prep in the opening round. Maybe that's not where teams want to play Genesis Prep. They usually want to play them in the championship. Um, But but coming into it, we'll talk about that in a second. But coming into it, absolutely, Garden Valley um, has a definite shot of getting there on Saturday morning. Devin Yersley and uh, Colton LaFleur
0: are some players that I like as well. I look at Colton LaFleur's averages. He averages seven points a game, but myself and Lucas saw them play. And this kid is a spot-up shooter as a big man. I mean, and he's young, too. He's just going to continue to get better. Plus, he's the coach's son, and uh, Joel LaFleur in his first season will continue to get his son better and better there, as this team's not going to lose much of anything next year at all. All the kids yep. that play are juniors, sophomores, and freshmen.
1: They'll be back next year, and they've got a good shot this year as well. Yeah, and all that all that is going to do is is gel them even more next year. I mean, that's a scary thing for coaches in their league to look and go, boy, that's a young team. They won the league this year. You know, how do we prepare for them next year? And Garden Valley, they're riding high. No matter what happens in this tournament, they are prepared for the next year, two, maybe three, with some really great players coming in with really great experience. Bottom half of the bracket is stacked as well. 3B is Salmon yeah. River,
0: 21-5 and 5 on the year, 8-4 and 4 in conference play against Genesis Prep, the champions from the north. The District 1 representative, 14-8 on the year, 7-0, and 0 in North Star League play. This is the 6:15 game. Genesis Prep is the two-time defending state champions, and they're led by Johnny Hillman, who was recently named the North Star League MVP, mm-hmm. and Kana Zhang on the inside the nine-foot, the six-foot, not the nine-foot. Wow. My word, that would be a tall <laughs> man. The six-foot, nine-inch center. I like that tandem. Salmon River's going to counter with their own tandem. It's not quite as tall. Randy McClure, 15 points, and Jimmy Tucker with 13 points uh, in their district champ, or, excuse me, state play and win, 57-38 over Deary. But Salmon River knows how to win, and they yeah. have a lot of kids that have been on state scales over the years in football and
1: basketball. So they're not going to be overwhelmed by the stage. The spotlight does not bother. The salmon river savages whatsoever they're prepared to get there they've been there uh, the, the kids before them have been there it's it's a normal thing for them so that's not a big deal but what they'll have to do and going back to what we talked about a few times during this prep cast is when you're coming in against a, a taller bigger team your shooters have to be on the mark and salmon river has always been a shooting team and just because levi tucker is now at the helm um, after Charlie Shepard um, stepped away, that doesn't change. Levi Tucker, a heck of a coach, that comes in, and and they're still shooting. When we've seen them, we they can shoot threes, and it's almost a game for them to look at each other and go, Oh, but I can shoot a longer three than you. Oh yeah, I bet I can shoot a longer three. So anywhere in the gym, these kids are open. It's available. The, the question is, is if they're on that night. You just talked about Levi Tucker, the
0: head coach in his second season for Salmon River. That's Leighton Van Der Esch's future father-in-law. Yeah, how about that? Leighton's huh? going to get married to Levi's daughter here shortly. So there's a storyline for you. As the Savages outscored Deary 35-12 in the second half
1: of that win. So they come in on a high note to the state tournament. Yeah, and a little funny story, a little anecdote, was we were doing that Christmas tournament at College of Idaho. Salmon River's there. Saturday morning, head coach Levi Tucker's not there. And it turns out he had actually left town to go to the Dallas Cowboys game. So as we're doing the broadcast, and I mentioned that he left and he's going to the Dallas Cowboys game and get an email, and, and it's like, hey, look, you know, watching the game from Uber here in Dallas. I never did get that signed jersey, Coach, by the way.
0: Uh, I it got mean, lost in the mail, I'm sure. Glad I'm sure to see somebody else thinks using Uber is a, is a good time. <laughs> tell you what, you never know what you're going to get with those Uber trips. <laughs> I, I challenge <laughs> everybody listening to uh, get into an Uber and just simply ask him, what's the wildest thing that's ever happened to you? Yeah, but
1: you were doing it in Portland. That's a lot different than almost any other city in the entire country where you could get an Uber. Yeah, but I mean, we were on the outskirts of Portland, so it's not like we were, you know,
0: riding dirty out there. But uh, it was. But you were. <laughs> uh, apparently. Yeah, we learned a lot. It's uh, inappropriate for the broadcast here today, unfortunately. We'll do that on the Barstool Sports version of the PrepCast yes, right. coming up in the offseason. As uh, we saved our potentially best game of the day for last, the 1A Division II ranks. It is 5-6A Mackie, and the reason I say this, these are both district champions mm-hmm. playing in this 8 o'clock game. Mackie 20 and 4 on the year, 13 and 1 in the conference, takes on Lighthouse Christian, Idaho's only undefeated team out of the fourth district, 23 and 0 and 9 and 0 within the conference. As this is Lighthouse Christian's first ever trip
1: to the state tournament. Well, on paper. If you look at the records, these two teams have the best records coming into the 182 tournament. So if, if you think about it logically, you would think that the two teams with the best records would be playing for the championship. Well, they're playing in the first round the night of day one. It is what it is. Um, but what that means is, if if you're a basketball fan, if you're in the Valley, get to the gym and watch this game, 8 o'clock, Mackey versus Lighthouse. I agree. I mean, you look at the minors... They beat
0: a really good North Gym team, 70-63 to 63 in the district championship. And they took home the first district title since 2015. Watch out for Chase Green, who had 30 points and seven three-pointers in that game. As uh, I love this team. There's so many greens on this team. They got Dallin Green. There's another green that I don't have written in front of me right now. <laughs> Dakota Whitworth had 12 points. I mean, yeah.
1: Whitworth is their first-team all-conference guy from a year ago. And their head coach, Kelvin Krosh, he's not a newbie to IdahoSports.com. We covered him back in the early 2000s. He was the quarterback basketball team. I want to say he was on the cover of our magazine back when we used to do magazines. I couldn't find it to verify that. But, you know, he's he's been around. He knows the program. So, again, two kids ago for Paul, Kelvin Crash was on the <laughs> cover of the Pretty magazine. Much. Yeah, almost maybe
0: three at that point. Everything we're discussing today, Will and Ava weren't even born yet. No, they have no clue. Amazing. At the Lighthouse Christian Lions, I like this team. Tony Stanley, yeah. his third season as the head coach. They're ranked number one in the media pool. We mentioned the only undefeated team. Colin Holloway's short, but boy can he shoot, as the five-foot-seven stature hasn't mattered, and Casper Block, he's got the other thing going. He can rebound, and he can score. Those are two players to watch. Tyler Muncy is fantastic as well. I like a lot of
1: things about this team, and they're going to be a real tough out in the bottom half of that bracket. You know, I heard similar things about me when I was in high school, except it stopped it. Boy, is he short. They didn't really say anything after that. It was just, boy, he's, he's short. Is he the team manager? No, but you're right. Lighthouse has been a fun team to watch all year long. Um, seeing them come up through, and, and they came in, and everyone going, boy, watch out for Lighthouse. And, and I can tell you, you've got something really funny to say, so go it, ahead. When they said that you're short, did they
0: just <laughs> did, did? you flash your <laughs> ring at him afterwards? No, say, it,
1: was, it was before we before we got the ring, so it was a very valid insult to say, oh, look at him, he's short. You know, I gotta wonder,
0: Paul. You went out there, and you went to New Plymouth this year, and they honored your 1993 state championship team on the floor prior to a game against Homedale mm-hmm. And i got to wonder if everybody there, because they all know that you're Paul Kingsbury with IdahoSports.com. No, they don't. They com. don't care. If they're looking around at the floor and seeing the Twin Towers and everybody else standing
1: around you and wondering, what position did that guy play? Are you the shortest guy that was on that team? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was absolutely. But I was... The, I was Yes, I was. I you was, do the most with what you have. I did the most <laughs> with what, what I have. Uh, you, even to today is what happens. But, you know, you're right. I mean, there was six, nine. The tallest guy wasn't even there. Um, you know, he was getting ready to go on a, a mission trip to Fiji, I think. So he was unavailable, but you're right. Um, but, but you know, there's kids all over the place, some probably listening to this, that are not as tall as other kids. And, uh, and you know, you fill your role. And, and my role most of the time was on the bench during games. But it's not always about games. And I'm not saying this about me, but uh, other kids... You know, fill the role. If you're not the star on the team, it doesn't matter. You're on the team for a reason. Play good defense. Work hard in practice. Do what you have to do to make your team better, and you're going to come away with a nice, shiny gold medal like I got. Paul asks kids like Casper Block to pick stuff up off the top shelf in the grocery store when he goes out. Is, <laughs> I, had, I had Chris it. Bauman. I had Chris Bauman, Dustin Wixom, you know, those guys on the team that, that made us look good. So, yeah, it was a fun time. It was a good time
0: back in 1993 for Paul. As he's going to have the most fun he's had since then this weekend mm-hmm. broadcasting the 2A state tournament. I'll be over at 5A. And, uh, again, lots of coverage on idahosports.com. We've got pictures, written content, social media being updated on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure to check out all those outlets and come back next week for all tournament teams as well as the Svens 10 list from the 2019 Boys Real Dairy Shootout. Well, for Paul Kingsbury and everybody behind the scenes here at IdahoSports.com, this is Sven Elskog saying so long until next time on the Idaho Sports Prepcast presented by Project Filter.